Shalom to all. Today's office is Yerushalmi Pe'edaf Lamed Gimel. We are starting about the seventh line with the words Kasav Lazeh. And in the Villain Source Hadaf, it's right at the top of Yerchas Amad Beis. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarah, Basav Yaakov Maisha, Hurt Neshama should have an Aliyah. And the Gemara says, Kasav Lazeh, Bechazav Kasav Lazeh. Let's say the Shechiv Meira wrote over that he's giving his Nechasim to Ruvain. Then he wrote a Shtar saying that he's giving them to Shimon. So Rav Amarav says, He can't be Chazer from that first gift, and Ruvain gets them. Rav Abba Barchona, Rav Yechon both of them say, he could be chaser from that first gift, and that means that his property is given to Shimon, not to Ruvain. Now the Gemara says, hey, This is the Gemara's way of saying, what's a nafkamina? Meaning over here, what's another nafkamina between these opinions? So let's say included in his property that he's giving over is an Eved. So hey, Rabbi Harishan v'hasheni kayin. First and second masters were kayhanim, meaning the Shechiv Meira is a kayin, and there's Ruvain that the Shechiv Meira is giving everything over to is also a kayin. Hashlishi Yisrael, whereas the third person involved, meaning Shimon, who's the second guy that's receiving this gift. He's Yisrael. So I'll die to the Rav. According to Rav, this Eved is allowed to eat Truma. We know that the Eved of a Kayin is allowed to eat Truma. And since Rav said that a Shechiv Meira is not allowed to be Chazer from his gift, so once a Shechiv Meira wrote over all his Nechassim to Ruvain, he can't be Chazer from that. So it means that this Eved's master is either the Shechiv Meira or it's Ruvain, both of whom are Kayhanim, so he's allowed to eat Truma. But I'll die to the Rav Abba Barhuna of Rabbi Yechanan. According to Rav Abba Barhuna and Rabbi Yechanan, in a he can't eat Truma because since the Shechiv Meira was able to be from his gift. Now that means that everything, including this Evid, is being given to Shimon, and Shimon's not a Kayin, so the Evid's not allowed to eat Truma. However, now the Gemara says, everyone agrees, Shem Haya Rabbi Harisha in Yisrael, if the Shechiv Meirah himself was a Yisrael, Eina Echel Truma, then the Evid is not allowed to eat Truma, Shem Yavri, that's because maybe the Shechiv Meirah is going to get better, and if he gets better, then everything goes back to him. So in such a case, we would have to wait till the Shechiv Meirah dies to determine whether this Evid's allowed to eat Truma. And the Gemara continues talking about this, Rabbi Yesi Brabun says, B'Shem Rav Chana, the Masnisa, the following Brisa, Messiah of Abba Barhuna, is a Raya for Rav Abba Barhuna and Rabbi Yechanan. The Brisa says, Barashakasa of daitiki, a healthy person that wrote a daitiki. What's a daitiki? It's what a shchiv meira writes when he wants to give something over. He says, "All my nechasim are yours if I die." So a healthy person wrote such a star. Or matana. a shchiv meira that wrote a star. That's just a regular star matana that a healthy person would write. Meaning, all he wrote in the star is, "My properties are given to you," but he didn't write, "If I die." So chayzer in both of these scenarios, the healthy person and the shchiv meira can be chayzer. So you compare the seifa to the resha of the brayso. Barishakas of daitiki chayzer a healthy person that wrote over daitiki, he could be chayzer from that. hubari, isn't he still a bari when he's being chayzer from it? And therefore, we would say the same thing in the seifa of the brayso. Udikava saw similarly shchiv. If a shchiv meira wrote over star matana chayzer boy, he could be chayzer from it as well. V'loyadei ushchiv meira, isn't he still shchiv meira when he's being chayzer from it? So we see that shchiv meira is able to be chayzer. And the Gemara just explains, "Ezui daitiki." What's the understanding of this word daitiki? So it's as follows, and this is the proper girsa. Datahela kaim liyos velamoid. This shall be as a kiyom and for an establishment, it should stand. That's what daitiki is short for. Datahela kaim v'mesi. And if I die, you nasu nuchasa leplani. All my nechassim should be given over to that person. The Gemara Lam Gimel on Beis on top continues. Ezuhi matana. What exactly is this matana that we're talking about? Meaning a matana of a bari. That's if a person writes. Harei kol nechassim nesun leplani matana me'achshav. All my nechassim are given to so and so as a gift from now. Now we ask a question in regards to matnas shchiv meira. Don't begars the word v'shatehei. Begars the word haya. Haya kasev ba mehayim. Let's say matnas shchiv meira had the word hayayim written in it. In other words, he's writing. 
all of my nechasim are given to you from today. Now, usually, Amat Nashchiv Meira doesn't say Mehayoim. Usually, it says, if I die. But let's say the Shchiv Meira wrote, Mehayoim is able to be Chaiser. So here we have a story that's going to answer the question. Achsed Rav Gurion, the sister of Rav Gurion, Kasvas Nechse Lachua, she wrote over all her nechasim to her brother, Rav Gurion, as she was a Shchiv Meira. But then, Masalak Achoy Rabba, the older brother, came in. Hai saw he was Mephaiser, he appeased her. The Kasvas lay. Then she wrote all of her nechasim to the older brother. So I say, of the Kume Rav Imi, this story came in front of Rav Imi. Amar, he said, Kain Amar this is what Rabbi Yechanan said, Chazerbai, that a Shchemira could be Chazer from their Matana. So that means that the older brother gets it. Now, Rav Zeira, Rav Zeira says, Does Rabbi Yechanan agree that if the Shchemira had written the word Mehayim, that he can't be Chazer from it? And also Bavo, Rabbavo came and he said, that if the Shchemira wrote the word Mehayim, he can't be Chazer from it. And also Rabla, Rabla came and he said, that the Shchemira can't be Chazer from it if the word Mehayim was written. The Anar of Imi, Rav Imi remembered that that's what Rabbi Yechanan said, V'chazer Ovda, and he was Chazer from what he said, and he passed the Nechassim really good Rav Gurion, and not to the older brother. And now addressing the last case of the Mishnah, Kaisav Nechassel Levana, V'chazel Ishtai V'chulu, this was the case that a person had written over all of his Nechassim to his children, and he wrote over a little piece of property to his wife. So he said that in such a scenario, his wife is Michael on her Ksuba, even though her Ksuba is really worth way more than the piece of property that she's being given right now, by the fact that she agreed to take this piece of property and she didn't say anything, it must be that she's okay with this arrangement and that she's being Michael on her Ksuba. Now Rav Amar, he explains that what's going on over here, this is only considered a mechila of her Ksuba if he was mezaka all the property to his children through his wife, meaning she was the one that did the Kenyan for the children in order to be kind of the property for them and she also received a small piece of property. So since she's actively involved and she's receiving something and she wasn't Michael at all, obviously, so we view that as mechila of her ksuba. It could even be that he was just mechalik the property in front of her. She didn't have to be involved in all. She didn't have to be zeicha in it for them. As long as he distributed it in front of her and she got a small piece of property and she didn't say anything, so she's mechalik her ksuba. Now, he says, This is one of the leniencies of ksuba that's being taught over here. He also taught, This is one of the leniencies of ksuba. In other words, this is only when we're dealing with the ksuba of a woman that if she accepted the small piece of property, which is less than the value of her ksuba, and she didn't say anything, it must be that she's being meichel on her ksuba, and she can't demand it afterwards. This is something that's only taught by ksuba, but not by regular balchayv. Let's say, for example, there's a man who owes someone a lot of money, and in that person's presence, he distributes all of his property to his children, and he even gives a little piece of property to this fellow that he owes money to. We don't say that since this fellow took this piece of property and didn't protest, it must be that he's being meichel on his chayv, which is worth way more than this piece of property. This kula is only taught in regards to ksuba. And the Gemara continues, Amr Avba, time of Rabbi Yassi based on this reasoning of Rabbi we would say that this isn't ultimately only talking about the ksuba of one mana or two mana. One mana is the standard ksuba that an almana gets. Two mana is the standard ksuba that an absula gets. This halacha doesn't apply only in these situations that she's considered to be Michael, this one or two mana ksuba of hers. Even if we're referring to a ksuba of a thousand dinar. Let's say when they got married, the husband was a very wealthy man and he's very generous and he said, I'm going to give you a ksuba of a thousand dinar. Still, mikule ksuba shanu, that fits under this category of kule ksuba that if she receives a tiny piece of property, which is way less than her ksuba, it's considered a mechila on her entire ksuba. Now let's finish off the parak with halacha ches. The Mishnah tells us, if a person writes over all of his nechasim to his eved, so his eved goes out free. By him writing over all of his property to his eved, so 
means that he's handing his Evid his freedom as well because he's giving his Evid to himself. So now the Evid is free and he gets all of his master's property. However, Shir Kaka Kalshu, if the master left over a little bit of property, so then the Evid doesn't go free because our assumption is that not only is he leaving over that property, he's also leaving over his Evid and he doesn't really intend to give his Evid anything. The Evid is always going to be Ben Chayrin. Just because he left over a piece of property, that doesn't mean anything. Since we're referring to a case where the master left over a specific piece of property, so we say, okay, the master was leaving over that piece of property for himself, but everything else, including the Evid, is being given to the Evid. Until the master says, All my nechazim are being given to this person, my Eved, except for one ten-thousandth of them. Now, it doesn't have to be that the master left over one ten-thousandth specifically. It just means he has to leave over something that's unspecified. And we say that since the master didn't specify what he's leaving over, it must be that that thing that he's leaving over is his Eved himself. He doesn't really intend to give his Eved anything and for sure doesn't intend to set him free. Now, the reason why the Mishnah says one ten-thousandth is that even though his Eved is most probably worth more than one ten-thousandth of his property, still we can understand that what the Master is saying is that really my Eved is not worth more than one ten-thousandth of my property to me. And in such a situation, he's not letting his Eved free. Now, the Gemara tells us, Rabbi Yasa says, B'Shem Rablazar, Shir Metaltalin, if he left over Metaltalin, meaning he gave everything over to his Eved, but he left over some Metaltalin for himself, he didn't do anything, which means he's not letting his Eved free in such a situation. Why? Because on Yomer, I say, the Gufa Shir, what was this Metaltalin that he left over? The body of the Eved. Even though, as we've said previously, an Eved is considered Karka, that's only in regards to certain halachic things that an Eved is considered Karka. However, people refer to an Eved as Metaltalin, because after all, an Evid does move around, as opposed to Karka that doesn't move around. So therefore, if he left over some unspecified metatlan for himself, we say it must be that the master is leaving over his Evid himself. Reb Shimon Shimon had argued with the Tanakama and said that the Evid is always going to go free unless the master leaves something over which is unspecified, and then we're able to say that he's leaving over the Evid. And when this opinion of Reb Shimon came in front of Reb Yaisi, when he learned about it, Omar, he said the following pasuk, Lips should kiss one who responds with correct things. In other words, Rabbi Shimon should be kissed because his opinion makes a lot of sense. It seems correct. Now, even though Rabbi Yaisi said this, we don't pasuk like Rabbi Shimon, we pasuk like the Tanakhama. Hajun alach malbanois, Mazdar finishing the third parak of Mesechah's Peah, just like we're Zechah to finish this parak together. We should be Zechah to finish the entire Mesechah together. And of course, all of you Rishalami together. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new parak. For now, Everyone should have a wonderful day.